I'm Dave Mays, and this is Collect Call with Suge Knight. What you're about to hear are conversations, raw and uncut, with the legendary founder of Death Row Records. He's currently serving a 28-year sentence in California State Prison. His honesty, vulnerability, and current state of mind will all be heard in this groundbreaking podcast series, featuring conversations with me and many other guests who have agreed to accept Suge's Collect Call. Suge will be putting periods to all question marks while answering everything hip-hop fans worldwide want to know. History will be made and documented in real time each week on Collect Call with Suge Knight. Suge and I both want to hear from you, so if you have any questions or input, please be sure to contact us at Breakbeat Media, authentically hip-hop. Welcome to Collect Call with Suge Knight. This is Global Tell Link. You have a prepaid call from Sure Knight. This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. To accept this call, style 5 now. talk we were talking about you know 2024 and how it's not good to use any type of platform you have for negativity right yeah sometimes you gotta talk about things that's true to make sure you fix things for now and fix things for the future and when it came to Taraji the math ain't laughing 20 plus years in the game and I hear the same thing and I see what you do for another production and when it's time for us to go to bed, you don't have any money. Mm. They play in your face. We got labeled as difficult because I said one word and that was no. And when I first seen that and to see that sister on there holding back tears, almost about to break down. I'm tired. I'm tired. Made me think about all the strong women that went through struggle through my mother, you know. That ain't no cool shit. To see her, uh, uh, talent she is, I mean, I'm talking about extremely talented, and had to almost break down in tears because she's not getting paid for she's worth. And at the same time, I never seen Nicole Kidman on TV breaking down, saying she's not getting paid for what she's worth. You know, it's people in her corner. And you know, I like her as an actress. I don't know her personally, but I like her as an actress. But at the same time, they go out their way to make it work with her. This is a woman that's 6'1", or six feet 6'1". Six and if it takes her not to be able to wear heels or certain roles to deal with a guy that's an actor who's, you know, it's not obvious, not that tall, they gonna make that work. Taraji fixed the mold of being successful, being smart, you know, good for the eyes. Why she got to go through so much hard times. Then when you look at it, our people, my people don't stick together. Because if 
Nicole Kidman was doing the part even before she was married to Tom Cruise. I'm quite sure Tom Cruise says, she's a good woman, let me up the bar for her. For next time she do a, you do a movie, she gonna get more. Then you have a person in power like Oprah. Oprah could have said, Taraji, you the one. I want you to be in the color purple. I'm gonna give you $20 million, $30 million. That would make people respect Taraji as an actress and want to pair the same thing. They'd be like, well, Oprah, excuse me, Oprah gave her 30 million. She, that means she worth 30 million. But at the same time, she was a low baller. I treated the same like any other, any other person would treat her. So where's the motherfucking love, Oprah? You know? Then when you look at it, it used to be a time where you seen young kids that want to be actors and actresses, and people will look out for each other. It was to the point where back in the day, I know when I was young, they were saying, well, you know, they shouldn't play certain roles up there, prostitute or drug dealer or whatever. Stereotype, basically. But that was going on, they should have played those roles and kept growing strong. But now when you look at it, they don't use black American actors and actresses to play these roles as much, including Oprah. They would rather go get a guy from who's British, uh, out the UK, mainly British, right? Yeah. These guys might have black skin, but they don't walk like us in the United States. They don't talk like us in the United States. They can't relate to us in the United States. So what they do, they gotta get a, a person from the United States, a black person from the United States, to teach that person how to act, how to walk, how to be black. Don't nobody gotta teach us how to be black. She already, we born black. Big difference. So even if you take, <clears throat> you take John Singleton, rest in peace, family to me, always have been, even though he's not here. Yeah. John Singleton did things to make people relate to what we was going through. But at the same time, Snowfall, you gotta get a guy, I think he from British some motherfucker way. So now you gotta get a person from the inner cities to be on the set, right? Anytime um, they get ready to film, you gotta have a person from the inner cities to teach him how to be black, teach him how to act like a black man. That man is teaching him how to act like a black man. Why not let that man do the, uh, had a part instead of the guy from British? Matter of fact, he started hanging with. Let's uh, call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. Michael B. Jordan or whatever, he telling him how to be black so motherfucking much like he's from the United States. Next thing you know, he started fucking his bitch. Steve Harvey's daughter, whatever her name is, you know. So <laughs> we just giving. We giving all our swag away and not saying it's a difference between us and them. But what about home? If we we both are turn around to make sure more black actors and actresses is getting these roles and getting these parts because if they making money, that means it's gonna be less homeless people in the United States. Cause I'm quite sure if it was a man or a woman, when they make some money, not, not only is they taking care of themselves, 
They're doing something for their family. They're doing something for their friends. They're doing something for these foundations. And like I said, every person you look at, even you got a guy that British playing Martin Luther King. You got a guy that over have British play every black part of what it is. Every black part, every black role is somebody else. <clears throat> that makes no sense to me. And everybody want to talk about how we want to do better. We don't want to do better. We want to be better. That's like when you look at uh, when it comes to religion, you know, I believe in God. It's only one God. And you know, my grandmother, my mother, my grandmother told me, you know, you don't put your trust in the preacher. You don't worship the man who's preaching. You listen to what he's talking about when he's preaching about the Bible, about God, or whatever religion you is, regardless it's the Quran or whatever. That's what you go by. And that man up there preaching, and he can't refer you to songs or Matthews or what are following, he bullshitting you. So if the pastor dies, do you lose your faith in God? No. If the church burned down, do you lose your faith in church? No. But at the same time, I feel like my heart's not pure enough to judge. So I ain't trying to judge nobody. But I knew I do know the difference between right and wrong and good and bad. It's no gray area with me. So when people say these things about T.D. Jakes, I would love to have a conversation with Jakes because that don't mean these things are true, that don't mean these things are not true. But at the same time, help us help you. We trying to get past this. The only way we can get past this is by working with each other. You know, it was a guy group in my neighborhood from the east side. And you know, my mother knew every person in the neighborhood on the east side of the country, being with all of the area. My mother used to go and sell people towels and sheets and pillowcases. And they didn't have the money. If they, if they, if they wanted to buy five sheets, they only had the money for two. My mother would still give it to them. And she said that was her way of helping the kids and get back. So she was friends with these people in my neighborhood. So I remember one day, my mother was talking to her, another lady, and she came home telling my father about it. You know, I think I'm grown, so I'm listening. And grown people business probably shouldn't been, should have, should not have been. So my mother was telling my father that it was a family lived on killing. And allegedly, so this family, this person lives on killing. The whole family is dark skinned. And we should say, where he come from? Because all of a sudden, this guy want to say he kin to him, he's family him, but he he light skinned. He don't look like none of them. So my mother was telling my father, she thought that was strange, but it wasn't her business. So the woman told my mother he lived in L.A. That's before they was calling it South Central. And he was molested by some men, one of his uncles, whoever. Family friend, I didn't get into details. But you know, they were less me, basically. So that's why he moved to Compton. So when he first moved to Compton, he used to cry a lot, act out. And I said, damn, I can't wait. We used to call a bagging on motherfuckers. 
And, you know, I said, man, I can't wait to bag on that motherfucker where I see him. He over there getting touched on and having sex with grown men, right? And my father looked at me and said, look here, boy. You don't take the next person's problem and make it worse. A man don't do that. You don't go out there and he might be a crybaby or do certain things or act out. He may get violently sometimes. Or talk wise because he's been through some shit. Count your blessing, you have to go through that shit. So in 2024, I know a lot of people always say, oh, this not true, that's not true. Okay, all that's fine. But the person, I'm not gonna say your name, but it's been heavy on my heart. I'm willing to pay for it. Get you some therapy, get you some help. Even as, even as a grown man, you know. And we gotta, we gotta step up to the table. And you know, ain't about putting James down. Oh, whoa, whoa. I didn't mean to call his name out, so scratch that. But he knew who I'm talking about. I'm not gonna say his last name or his gang name or nothing like that. But my hand is there. Get in contact. I got you. But besides that, you know, people can do things for publicity. What about doing things to make a difference? Yeah. What I mean by that? Oh, well, you got your friend Gail on the show. Y'all got her to interview R. Kelly. I'm fighting for my life. Y'all killing me with this. She's an expert now. So you guys say, give us the opportunity to help our people. That means a whole lot. If you guys come and start talking about it, you don't got to do it with me. But at least I'm going to get you the truth. I ain't going to judge you. But it'd be good for us to start figuring out the universe is shifting in a way that we can really make a difference. I appreciate this call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. You know, I used to have so many automatic withdrawals coming out of my account for subscriptions that I didn't even realize I had. You know, most of you probably can relate to this. I mean, I was looking over my credit card statements recently and saw all these deductions that were adding up every month. And now I'm starting to use Rocket Money and I don't have that problem anymore. Um, you know, Rocket Money is a, a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, helps lower your bills. I can see all my subscriptions in one place. If I see something I don't want, I cancel it with a tap. Never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill. Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They've got over 5 million users and they've helped save members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. So stop wasting your money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash suge. That's rocketmoney.com slash suge. 
rocketmoney.com slash Suge. You know, I might have a whole bunch of homies by affiliation. I might have people that, you know, we got a lot in common in the industry, hip hop, the culture, sports, streets. But to have a real friend is a big difference. You know, when you have a friend, when something happened to what you just as happy as he is or she is, well, you know, a friend is, is just as happy for your success just as much as you are. And of all the people I've been knowing and came across, you know, Tyson been a real friend to me. And I feel I've been a real friend to him. And the crazy thing about it, we met each other in the beginning of a time where we all was on our own path starting off. It was big news to see young black men riding around with nice cars and having nice shit that wasn't a drug dealer or any those type of things. That being said, I say my friends, Every Tyson fight I went to, and I didn't miss one. And we used to talk and hang out our houses across the street from each other, baby. And I could have easy went and knocked on this door and said, hey, champ, I need some tickets for the fight. Me and Pac coming to check you out. And you know he would have given to us. But I never did that. I don't care fuck if I spent $50,000 or $100,000. I'm going to trade for my tickets. And the whole time I have a new Tyson, I don't give a fuck if I was putting out a soundtrack, a chronic, all eyes on me, or whatever. He never came to me and said, hey, man, send me a case of CDs. I want some boxes of CDs. And Tyson would have told me, he said, man, I need, you know, 20,000 CDs. Before he can have the phone, I've been... Had that motherfuckers on their way. But he never did that. Because as a friend, it's not what you do for a person. It's how much you respect that person. Yeah, you know, one of the things is that I always want to make sure my platform that I can use at any given time is the energy is good. But if you start coming from me, I'm going to let you know not to come from me. So, one of the 10Z guys was going to do an interview on Michael Harris and wanted to know, he going to say this? I want to know, do I want to say something back and go back and forth, right? Okay, so shouldn't I, you know, cast some doubt about Snoop Dogg buying Death Row and saying he's skeptical if, you know, the transaction was legal. Yeah, it's as legal as you can get. Yeah, trust me, Death Row is real. Snoop Dogg's uh, purchase of Death Row is a legitimate transaction. I said, no, that ain't my style, number one. I said, when it's supposed to be happening? And they said, on Martin Luther King's birthday, on the holiday of Martin Luther King. I said, that sounds like some racist shit to me. I said, but at the same time, whatever he say, he says. I'm not here to compete are not not uh I'm not here to compete with nobody 
or had nothing bad to really say about a motherfucker, right? But to do it on Martin Luther King's birthday, I thought it was crazy. And at the same time, I told him, I'm not Shantae Roxanne, so I ain't gonna be doing no back and forth who's a real Roxanne. And when I started Death Row, I came with the name Death Row, the logo for Death Row, even though he never gave me a penny. But if he did give me a penny, that's like an investment, right? So you didn't have anything to do with Death Row. But it was neither one. But whatever float they broke, that's on them. But when you get out your way to contact people, like I've been knowing Interscope for a lot of years, they family, at least most of them. And they know I made Interscope what they was, and I made Interscope what they are. Especially for the culture of the black people and hip hop. It was on some rock and roll shit. And so did Pac. That being said, they was told that they gonna do a big deal in Interscope for all this money for Death Row, for Snoop and Michael Harris. Interscope was questioning about that. They said, no, you know, should get this, should get that. They said, well, we didn't want to be involved if it's some, if y'all not, if he not good with it, then they want to know was I good with it. I said, look, they can bad mouth me all they want to, but I draw a line in the sand. They on one side, I'm on the other, and I settled a, a default judgment for a million dollars. Never got my bread back, and since it was me, they can honor it. But at the same time, I was backing off of suing these people. But now the lawyer is stepping into it with a RICO lawsuit. And since the same people who committed fraud against me, they put death on the situation. Now Interscope doing business with them. The lawyer's gonna start taking all those guys in the Interscope deposition, including Jimmy Iovine. So they could thank Michael Harris and Snoop for that. But at the same time, I want to move forward. And you got to look at it like this. This come from somebody close to them at Interscope in the meeting. Where I was told, I wasn't there, I'm in prison. Where I was told, they said they had to go back and make sure that this Tupac stuff don't bite them on the ass and make them all look stupid. What they mean by that was when Warren said that Pac, when he got shot and I got shot, Snoop would listen to everything on the radio. Then he had this, the, the, the next tail back then. Remember the mother? Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever it was, it was hitting him all the way from what was going on from Vegas. Uh. So he was, they was like, we could hear the shit. And then he started getting calls and shit. And they was telling him that Tupac got shot and da-da-da-da-da. Bad said it. Corrupt said it. Badass said it. But the sad part about it, once again, they want to go and rewrite history and say, you guys got to tell Snoop. They got to talk to those guys and they got to retract that. 
or I say it was a Nextel radio. I don't even know if Nextels was out there. While I was working at 662, I heard something over the Nextels that we all carry for security. And what I heard was, God. The voice was definitely one of our, not paid security, but one of security that works with directly for Mr. Knight. Then someone else came on the radio and said, hey, don't say nothing over the radio. What I do know is this. Those radios that I purchased was for an artist who was going to go to an event or be somewhere with security and they had one of each so they can communicate with each other. And they worked from LA, San Diego, Vegas. You got their reception there. It was a walkie talkie. Let you know it wasn't no next hill or something small. I got a picture of the original radio, walkie-talkie. That's a big motherfucker. It's so big and uncomfortable to have with you. If you don't, if you're not communicating with somebody, you're not gonna wanna be having it with you. But you can have that big motherfucker in a house or in your, too big to really be in your pocket. It gotta be something very important that you're doing to have that. And for someone to have it, you know, both have it, it's always going to be question marks to those question marks to answer. I don't know how truth, truth it is when people say they they see things and I get letters in here and somebody kept saying, Pac really want you to know that these people who's involved with certain things at certain levels make people aware. So I don't know if these people telling the truth or they're not telling the truth. You know, they just say they you know, they read spirits. But you can't read one that don't believe them all. But more importantly is this. For young people. Don't worry about the people who want to talk bad about you. Or who want to be against you. Because understand one thing. The more enemies you have, the better you are. Only person can do something to you to harm you is a so-called friend. An enemy, they can't borrow money from you. An enemy can't come to your house and block it because they ain't gonna know where you live at. Enemy can't set you up and say meet them somewhere because why would you meet them? And more importantly, an enemy can't even get close enough to touch you because that's your enemy. So you're gonna be ready for whatever. Watch the friends, not the enemies. According to the Bible, nobody is more important or bigger than Jesus. And Judas sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver. So if somebody sells Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver, I'm not surprised if they sell Pac out or how many times they sold me out. But once again, we're gonna stay focused we're going to have good energy. I guess they'll be taking Jimmy Iovine's deposition and everybody else in the scope since they claim they're going to do business and tell them to change the history of things. We'll find out. Stay tuned. Whoa.